Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yo, welcome to What's the Hype Podcast. This is your boy, Jay Wade. And I'm Jeff Pope, a.k.a. The Pod Disciple. And this is What's the Hype. What's the Hype? It's helping young people excel. And it's also cutting through all of the hype, the glitz, the glamour that surrounds the sports industry and give tangible insight from our experience and our guests to help you get a better understanding of the business and all that comes with the sports industry. All my life, been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life, look. All my life, been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice. Welcome to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast, and we have a very special guest in the building. We have 2016 Super Bowl champ, Mr. Kayvon Webster. How you doing, brother? How you doing? Oh, we're doing good. We're doing good. Welcome here, to the podcast, bro. I appreciate you for having me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so let's kind of start about with the beginning. Like, tell us, you growing up in Miami, and kind of tell us your upbringing and stuff like that. You know, everybody in Miami pretty much got the kind of same little story, you know, growing up. It's a lot of uh, gang violence going around. Uh, pretty much a fast lifestyle for pretty much everybody that's growing up down there. Uh, the city never sleeps. And uh, sports being the only thing to keep us away from uh, getting in trouble. I grew up my mom and my dad. got five siblings. Uh, let's see, I went to uh, Monsignor Pace, where well, I started at Carroll City High School. Then I went to Miami Norland, and then I went to uh, Monsignor Pace for high school. And then, you know, kind of got me to college. So we, we, and now I'm into the league. Okay, good. So, so let's so so tell us a little bit about uh, first. You first start playing f- football. What what age were you, and uh, where did you play, and what kind of got you into playing football? I started playing football at six. Uh, nineteen. Uh, I want to say nineteen ninety seven was probably my first year playing. And, and I just started playing with my mom. My mom used to go on walks with one of my neighbors across the street. I, I grew up in a bunch part of Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went walk. We went on a walk one day, you know, at the park. We used to live down the street. Seeing a whole bunch of kids out there running around with equipment on. And when I went to the park, I, you know, started running around out there. My mom was like, uh, "Did I want to play?" Because one of my cousins was playing at the time. And the rest is history. Like, start playing and start enjoying the game, and it just got me to this level. That's what's up. Was that was that your first was that the first sport you ever started playing or like was that your first love or did did you just kind of you saw it that day and that's what kind of drew you to football or did you have another sport kind of in your pocket that you like playing? Uh, football just kind of just stuck with me, you know. That was the first sport I ever played. Kind of stuck with me. Okay, so um, you mentioned going to Pace, right? So um, knowing a little bit about Miami and the history of. Pace, tell me, tell us about the decision, why you decided to go to Pace, and kind of your experience coming from Kara City and New Orleans once you uh, enrolled at Pace. So I was I was supposed to go to Kara City. My mom had graduated from there, 
and you know she got that she proud and I so I was working out with all the all the guys so when I was in eighth grade uh going to uh, Kara City I went to Kara City I was playing running back and linebacker by the time you know coach Frazier was there they had a whole bunch of running backs and it was like a long list of line of running backs to, to play before you because they didn't even really care about what grade it was that you was in if you didn't know anybody there you had to wait your turn mm-hmm. and uh, you know I started out playing there for uh, from the summer up until the season started but something happened there where I didn't like the position that they had put me in and I transferred to Miami New Orleans and that Northern, they let me play pretty much anything I wanted to play, which was a running back and linebacker. We wound up going undefeated with my JV team, and they moved me up to varsity at Northern. I was playing there for a little while. But uh, school was kind of difficult because of uh, where I grew up at. You know, at Northern was a whole bunch of, uh, I would say, different gangs. At Northern. I want to say really gangs, but different uh it was a school where different areas of of people were going that didn't really like each other. So every day was definitely like a a war zone type of thing. And I kind of realized early, like, man, it's kind of going to take my focus off of football because I got to go to school and I got to worry about, like, what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there. Like, I'm going to have to defend myself here and there. And I started running track, and I had got an opportunity from uh, a, a coach at Pace. He came and saw me run at the Optimus Track uh, League, and he asked me, was I playing football at the time, which I wasn't. And I told him that I had just I had just quit football because I couldn't, I couldn't get along with the coaching, and it was just too much going on in Northern. So he offered me opportunity that I couldn't refuse, you know, to, to change my life and go out there and just be focused with academics and football. And that's how I got the pace. Gotcha. So uh, uh, going back to talking about track, uh, I hear you was a three-time state champion in the four by one. That was your that was your race, right? Yeah, I ran the one hundred and the two hundred. I placed in all those at state. Okay. Just I got I think I got. I got third at state in the 200. I got uh, second in the 100 my senior year. I think I got third third my junior year. My, and the 4 by one we just we ran the whole state in the 4 by one So, See, I just cleaned <laughs> up on that. champion. Nobody could beat us. Okay. So, it's, yes. it's interesting. We just had the record. Yeah, I I wanted to be sure to address this because I got a phone call not too long ago from one of our good friends, uh, Quavon. He was asking me, uh, man, like, do you know... uh uh, Kayvon and the the guys at Pace had the record for the 4x1, so immediately me being a state champion, you know, Northwestern Bulls 2003 undefeated track team, um, you know, I, I... you know, I know a lot about track, so I'm like, I know four by ones that had Daylaw or Willis McGahee, Najee Davenport. Some of these guys ran the fastest time. So to hear that you guys had the state record, I was like, yo, it had to be some guys on there moving. So just tell us a little bit about, you know, that four by one team and maybe some of the guys that was on that team and what you guys might have been. You know, I'm talking about you got to be like 10, 6, 10, 7 guys, maybe one or two at least of those guys. Well, we had, uh, we had. First off, our coach was Elliot Barnes. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. I think he coached that. He coached that Booker T track team. He coached that uh, Central, yeah. and he coached at Norland when I was there. Norland, he just came over the pace, and it was just like a connection that was meant to happen. Uh, our four by one consisted of uh, Jeffrey Allen. Jeffrey Allen probably ran like a ten. I want to say ten eight, ten seven. Uh, in the 100. Then we had Sterling Griffin. He went to USF with me as well. He was a 400 runner. He wasn't really a sprinter, but, you know, we gave him the second leg on that. He pretty much ate up his leg. And then we had Derek Hopkins, who was the state champion in the 100, and as well as the uh, a champion in college in the 100 and the 200. Um, he ran maybe like a 10-2, 10-3 on the third leg and then I was the last leg and I was coming in around like 10 four, ten five. So you had some boys that could really move on that team huh? yeah, we had the <laughs> record for about I would say they just broke a team just broke the record I forget which team they just broke it okay uh, yeah. last year so they stood for about 10 years Man, that's 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 respect right there. I mean, track is uh is 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 huge in Miami, and I talk to a lot of guys even in the NFL where it's almost like in, in Miami, you if you play football, you it's mandatory that you run track as well. But that's not always the same across the country. Other guys get to play whatever other sports. Um, but you know, in Miami, it's like you go from football to track, and how you know, and track and football both kind of work together, and you know, preparing you guys for football. So, just a little bit about the pace team that you had there, as far as football. You know, did you guys go to any state championship, and did you guys um, uh, any other players that was on your team with you that that maybe went off to play other D one football? Um, I say we lost the game before state. Uh, when I first got the pace, uh, their biggest recruit was uh, Demarcus Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to play at UM, and then, you know, he got drafted by Oakland. But after him, it was uh, it was me, Sterling Griffin, and Derek Hawkins. We all, all three of us went to uh, South Florida for college. And then our quarterback was Stephen Morris, our senior. He went to UM. We had Isaac Dixon, who went to Oregon. We had uh, DeAndre Johnson that went to Iowa. Then he winded up at University of Miami, I'm not sure how those guys' um, college experience went, but, you know, we had a few guys that went Division One um, after us from leading the way. So being a two-sport athlete, um, so I know, like, you know, looking at other sports and things like that, um, did you ever have any aspirations or thoughts about possibly Olympics since some of your teams were that quick or some of you fast or, you know, do you have any of those aspirations? Uh, the Olympics, we did, we did used to discuss the Olympics. I think Derek would have been perfect for the Olympics if he would have just kept track his main thing. But, yeah. you know, you can't really, you know, all you can do is uh, tell people what you think. You know, they, they just got to make their own opinion. I mean, their own decision to do whatever it is that they love. But uh, Derek probably would have fit the Olympics. I was too, I was too heavy built at the time. Mm-hmm. I was more football built than track right. built. So you don't think you could So I just ran track just for, just to stay in shape for football, just right. to keep my speed and my shape. Gotcha. So you don't think you could have gave Usain Bolt to go for his money down? <laughs> I want to say I wouldn't have went. I want to say, I want to say, uh, I would have gave it a shot if I had a chance. If I was just running track only, but football is my first, you know, my first love. So that's why I did it. 
Okay. Uh, track was just something I did, and I was good at it. And but football gave me uh, a lot of opportunities, uh, a lot of scholarship offers. I probably had like two track scholarships, but football was was definitely the main thing for me. Gotcha. And, and like I said, it, it's more so like it works for football. A lot of times guys don't really independently focus on track, especially down South Florida. But anyway, let's go into a little bit about your recruiting process now. Tell us a little bit of why, where you end up going and why you made a decision because you had offers from a lot of top programs in the nation. Yeah, I had most of all the SEC schools, Florida, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, Ole Miss. Uh, I had... I had uh, Miami, LSU, some other schools too. I got a, I, I kept all the offers in my uh, I got a book of offers at the house. But uh, I had committed to Miami. My coach, Alan Slaughter, took me down there. You know, I was a big UN fan growing up. Uh, watched Ed Reed and, and Sean Taylor play the game at a high level there. Uh, when I went down there, you know, I, I wanted to go there. But something just kept telling me like that it wasn't wasn't sitting right with me. The the Marcus had went there before two years before I was able to uh, get an offer from them. He was unhappy there. Well, I want to say he was unhappy there, but um, he was there. He wasn't playing as fast as he would like to play. Then you know they had all those guys from Northwestern go there too. So the whole process came down to me for for going to school was basically like if I go to a college I need to make a difference I need to when people think of this school who are they gonna say uh, came from here are you gonna be the one one of the first ones to come from this school or are you just gonna keep adding to a list that already has so many like you want and uh, I had a recruiter his name was Larry Scott he always stayed in contact with me every day and Coach Levy used to come see me all the time and you know he was just like man we really want you to come here man whatever we gotta do I would even I would even go so far as to when we have a press conference about the when you sign here like you know speak about you first and tell everybody, everybody how valuable you are to the program and, and you know he kept his word so that's how I ended up at South Florida it's always interesting to uh, hear about people who chose those decisions like that because, you know, you think about a Miami or a Alabama or things like that, you got all the best players that are out there. And so sometimes it can get where you can get, kind of get lost in the shuffle with just because there's so many athletes in it or want to go to a place where you can definitely make that difference right away, like from the day one since you stepped on the film. So uh, let's talk about like at USF, just kind of, you know, with the team having a lot of success and a lot of players there, like just kind of what, what was it like at USF? Just um, as far as your playing career there and things like that from, my, from day one? Uh, the first two years was fun. You know, we went to bowl games. We beat NIU. Uh, we beat Clemson. Um, got a chance to play with Jason Pierre-Paul and George Selby and Matt Grothy and uh, Nate Allen and Mr. Raymond. Those guys all went to the NFL. Uh, Keon Wilson. Uh, Jaquan Williams, all those guys were were in the NFL, so it was they was before me, so it was it was a great time. My first two years there, you know, the last two years being rough, losing all those games. My junior year, we lost uh, six games by three points, and and then you know my senior, we lost nine games. So 
the back end of college maybe was was a little bit rough, and you know every day you had to you know just come into work and just just keep chucking away and just staying positive and just thinking about the future. Gotcha. So what, what, let's. So when did you realize in terms of uh, college sports? as it being a business because you talked about the recruiting process and deciding where you can go and make a name for yourself did you did you think about college sports or approaching it as a business at that point in recruiting or once you got to college and the demands of uh the game and you know in terms of you know academics is important but just a demand on your time as an athlete in college kind of um i think i knew early that uh college was a business you know when you get recruited you have all different type of coaches calling you so it's like a bidding war for who's going to come there and who's going to keep their word to you as far as playing time and, you know you kind of you kind of have to make a decision about you know what's best for you at that time and nobody else because you're going to be the one actually going to these college these college uh, classes and, and being on campus and you know you have to deal with all that and then you know I really found out that it was a business after they fired Jim Levitt uh, for just coaching for, for being a coach that cared about the game so much um, he got fired after my freshman year and it was kind of like dang what do I do now you know like, I came here to play with this coach he's not here do I try to follow him somewhere do I leave you know all those thoughts coming to play. So, yeah, definitely. I feel you on that. Um, so, at what point in your career, so after, you know, you know, you went the back end of your career, you know, the games just weren't going the way they were supposed to, but at what point did your play on the field, you started getting some, you know, love from the NFL when you started knowing you possibly had a shot to make it to the league? Uh, well, I had a coach named Coach Smith, Rick Smith. He came from... Uh, he came from, uh, what is it, East Carolina. Uh, from day one when he first got there, you know, he, he had coached a few players that was in the NFL. And, you know, he always used to talk to me about uh, the body type I had and, and, you know, my speed and my awareness for the game. He always used to compare me to uh, players that he's had that's went to the NFL. So I knew the, the dream was real then. And then, you know, my junior year after we played Notre Dame and we shot them, it was kind of like a lot of talk going around like, oh, he's going to leave after his junior season. So um, that's when it became really real about uh, going to the NFL. And, you know, I just kept working hard and uh, I didn't want to, I didn't think about leaving early. I wanted to get my degree and then, you know, figure out what's next after I got that. Absolutely. I see that you did. And we want to commend you on that. Um now, after you, you know, completed that part of your life, can you tell me a little bit about the pre-draft experience? Did you get invited to the combine? Maybe the draft visits you took, and then what team that you thought might you might have gone to that may have showed you the most love, or you know, was it Denver? Just kind of just tell us a little bit about the leading up to the draft and then getting drafted. Oh, so I had graduated. Uh, I graduated first before the pre-draft started. Graduated in December mm -hmm. uh, with a degree in health science. And then uh, January came around, and now I was back. Now I was back in, uh, back in Florida, back home in Miami. Uh, training at Bomberitos, you know, I had, a, uh, I had an agent um, named Carlos Rodriguez and Manny Vadillo. 
they were what Max Sports at the time. I had those guys coming out. You know, they was uh, put me in different houses uh, while I was training. And then I uh, got an invite to the combine like shortly, shortly after I got to Miami. And then uh, I had played in a few uh, all-star games, uh, East West Shrine that was in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Got a chance to do some pre-draft visits with uh, with all the teams there at the East West Shrine game. You know, just talking to them about uh, football and me myself as a person and as a player and, you know, watch a little bit of tape with some of the guys that was there uh, hosting me on the visit. And then uh, I would say the pre-draft, I had, uh, I thought I was going to Chicago, you know, the Chicago scout, he really liked me. Uh, He used to tell me about the picks they had and, you know, he actually called me the day day before. He was like, yeah, we got these picks on these days. just keep your phone open. We're looking to, uh, might be looking to call you. Now, I had workouts with the Patriots and I had workouts with uh, the Panthers before the draft even started. I didn't have no, I didn't have no idea that Denver was going to call me, but I was excited when I got that call. What's up, hype family? Thanks again for listening to another episode of What's the Hype podcast. But if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenerships, so you don't even have to have a big audience. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey. So you're a third round pick by the Broncos, uh, 90th overall. So what what type of things are expected from a third round pick? And then, you know, what what was it, you know, kind of walking into the locker room, being able to look look to a figure like Champ Bailey? Like, what was that like? Well, I was the only DB that was drafted uh, with my draft class that year. So I was, you know, Peyton Manning sent me a text message like, man, it's great to have you. You know, we hope hope to get you in and get you caught up to speed because we're looking forward to, for you to help us win some games. And, you know, that was exciting too. It's like, wow, this guy, a uh, Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, is uh, texting me about coming in and playing with him and practicing with him. You know, I... I sent them back a text message like, man, I can't wait to pick you off in practice, but I'm looking forward <laughs> to this. I'm just uh, looking forward to uh, add my ability to the Broncos staff because that was my favorite team growing up. And then, you know, being able to see Champ Bailey, you know, after being at college and going to practice every day and just telling all the receivers, like, yeah, y'all going to get locked up today. Champ Jr. is at practice. Uh, it just looked like a dream come true. Uh, <laughs> really, you had to be there to like actually feel it. You know what I'm saying? It was like, I mean, I wasn't like starstruck or anything. It was just more so. <laughs> How many times did you get to pick off Peyton? It was more so like, while I'm here, I got to show this guy what I'm what I'm what I'm working with. Uh, let's let's get some tips for him. Let's see how I can be just like him or if not or better and what does he say in my game that I could do better so I can compete at a high level too 
Gotcha. How many times did you get to pick off uh, Peyton at practice? I got my hands on a few balls. I think I probably got like <laughs> a couple picks from him at practice. I was good game. Yeah, he got me ready for the game for sure. Like as far as the nervousness, you know, uh, just being out there playing. It was just like game day during the week, you know, with him out there making texts, calling your name. And it's crazy uh, watching a guy like him prepare for the game. So uh, practicing against him for sure definitely got me prepared for the game. I don't know how many picks I got off of him, though. I probably got a few, though. I know I got a few. That's that's huge, just being able to... You, you got to learn from both ends. You got to learn from Champ Bailey, who's one of the best to ever do it, and you got to learn from a QB, who's the best to ever do it. So you're learning what he's seeing from his end. You're learning what Champ is seeing on your end. Like, that, that's that's just huge experience to ever just to get to be able to experience. Oh, definitely a blessing, though, you know, especially coming where I came from. You know, my at my part, uh, I think... Only me, Kenny Phillips, Teddy Bridgewater, and Sean Spence came from the same part. Uh, before that, we know I don't really know no one else who been able to get to the level that we have gotten to just at that park alone. You know, obviously I have a close friend like Xavier Rose that I went to Northern with, Antonio Brown, and I went to uh, high school with as well. And then, you know, it's a few other guys in, in South Florida that uh, I'm very familiar with. Oh, and then, you know, had guys like Stem and Belly growing up with him, too, as well. Um, it's definitely a blessing, you know, just growing up in Miami from seeing all the the bad and the good things happening and us being able to further our careers to the professional level. Absolutely, man. I, just kind of touching back on it, man. You're saying that obviously that was the Broncos, one of your favorite teams. On top of you, always kind of mim- maybe pattern your game a little bit out the champ belly. So to see that kind of come full circle, like you said, that was nothing but a blessing. So tell me, what was probably for you walking into that, walking into that professional again, like locker room? But what was the biggest adjustment coming from college to the pros that that you would say? What was the biggest adjustment? My biggest adjustment for me was just being out of the state of Florida. I never, I mean, like, of course we had to leave for the games, but just living outside of the state of Florida. Because um, I had went to, you know, high school, middle school, elementary in Florida, even college in Florida. So I had never really experienced the life outside of, uh, of Florida. So moving to Colorado, being out there by myself, just getting adapted today. They weather the whole city and just being around other professional athletes, you know, just trying to pick up how to be a professional, just trying to take my game to the next level. I, I like to say sometimes, man, because obviously living out of the state of Florida, sometimes it's the best thing that happened to some guys leaving from, especially Miami, getting a chance to get away. Because if you think about it, if maybe the Miami Dolphins would have drafted you, Tampa Bay Bucks or whatever, like, you know, you just ha- you're just so much more uh, in close proximity with, you know, people that, you know, family being able to get there when, you know getting away sometimes allow you to kind of focus in on the game and just uh, develop your skills. So. Oh, no question, no question. Um, I can't. That's one of the reasons why I chose to go to Tampa and not just play in Miami because I felt like I had already conquered Miami. I had already met who I needed to meet and uh, seen all type of things in Miami. I need. I wanted to get away at least from Miami 
just to experience another life outside of Miami. Like Tampa is de- very different from Miami as well. Like it's different, a different culture of people up there too. Right. So Colorado definitely was a a big change. You know, getting to a city and then closing at a certain time. Uh, you know. So this kind of helped you realize that, you know, just kind of getting away and just kind of the things that kind of helped you prepare for the league. Like that's when you kind of it seems like that's kind of when you realize that, you know, this was more about business. Um, like the game was just all business versus um, a lot of the game and skill, too. Right. I mean, the draft is no it's no different than. uh than the college uh, recruiter. So mm-hmm. you kind of figure yeah. out it's a business very early because the only thing with the draft is that now these teams, they have, they have rounds now and, you know, now they're calling you. Now you're going to play for money now. So you got to wait for your number to get called. As to in college, you get to pick where you're going. As, well, you don't really pick where you're going. You got to pick from your offers on where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Definitely. So, uh, tell us what it was like to win a Super Bowl, man. So, the, tell us a little bit about that experience in itself. Man, it, you can't even really, you can't even really explain that feeling of, uh, you know, the clock striking zero and then you seeing the confetti fall down and, you know, now you realize that you're a champion with guys like Peyton Manning and Nakeem Salib and nice. Vaughn Miller and Demarcus Ware, like you all guys. I share a common thing together now, and it's forever too. It's like history. Um, it sounds like that 2016 team was just like really special. Just you know, like with all the big names that you just kind of mentioned. Just you know, what what brought you guys together? What what do you feel? It's like the ultimate thing, though. It's like the ultimate. It's like the ultimate. It's like what you practice and you work, train hard for the whole year, and you know, at the end of the year, you. You get the prize that you worked so hard for. It's like kind of you can't really even explain that moment. It's just like you want an ultimate high. Nice. So, so being on different teams since then, what would you say was the key ingredient to like to winning the Super Bowl? Like you had some great leaders like Peyton Manning, Demarcus Ware. What are some of the things that you think that are that are key and made, made you guys so special? I would say the thing that made us so special is that we were close. Like, mm-hmm. um, being that we was in Denver, it wasn't much to do. And, uh, but I played football for us. So, you know, we had to learn a lot about each other. We always, we, we always hung together, whether it was in the facility or outside the facility. We just always talked about, you know, winning and getting to the next level. And everybody held everybody accountable. Uh, as far as the game plan went, you know, if Talib went out and then I went in, you know, he was, they was expecting me to make the play just as if they would be expecting him to make the play. So everybody believed in one another and, you know, we stuck together and we didn't let anything break us up and we, we got the goal that, that we wanted to get. I think I think that's so important because sometimes I feel like, you know, the outside public, you know, they'll just see names on a roster and they'll be like, oh, that team is stacked. But they don't understand how important chemistry is, just the chemistry inside the locker room and outside the locker room, um, the camaraderie that you guys, you know, the brotherhood that a lot of people just don't understand and see. They just think, they just see a collection of talent and names and think that, oh, they're supposed to win the Super Bowl this year, but they don't understand how much, what brings together an actual team. You gotta have the work ethic, and then you gotta have the accountability factor. Um, 
like to leave. He, you know, he used to come out some plays and he used to let me get in. But you know, if he didn't believe in me, he would have probably never got out of the game. So, uh, yeah, that's big, man. I'm just, just thankful to be able to be there, to be around those guys, to show me what it takes to win and to keep winning. This is up. Absolutely, man. So one of the reasons why me and Gennaro, we, we definitely had you high on our list of guys that we wanted to talk to because we saw uh, the things that you did off the field. And it wasn't necessarily, it, it wasn't even like for notoriety, for attention. We was we would have conversation like, man, you know, it's not being picked up by the media or by the, the, the team that you was on at the time. And we started to dive a little bit deeper to see all the things that you had going on off the field. So we definitely want to be able to bring that to the light. We want you to be able to talk a little bit about your thought process about, you know, why did you, what was the inspiration behind you making sure that you created a life for yourself off the field and why it was important for you even to get into the communities of the team that you played for. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, what it is is that, you know, the game that we play, uh, it's really not for long. It's a hundred percent injury rate. A lot of a lot of the careers don't last past two years. I've been thankful to be able to play six years and now going into my seven year, you know, waiting for a team to pick me up. It was important for me to touch the community because uh growing up, never really had nobody um do those things for, for me to show me the way I kind of like went through life, like learning on the go. So I think it's, a, I think it's uh, pivotal for uh, the youth to know the steps that they need to take to be successful at anything. And that if they put their mind to it and stay focused, that they can accomplish anything they want. So, so with that, like you've, you've, you've dove into a, Tons of things. You can have a children's book. You have a cartoon series. You got a food truck, etc. Like, let's talk about each one. Like, what 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 drove you to create the children's book first of all, and the cartoon series? Like, kind of giving back to the kids, I guess. Oh, well, let's fast. Let's uh, rewind a little bit. So, uh, I had first my first my first uh, thing that I was that I did was I threw uh, free camps in, in Miami for the kids to come to. I remember growing up. Um, Going to Brett Perriman camp at uh, Gwen Cherry. Okay. And then I remember going to a Warren Sapp camp at Scott Lake. And then Mike McKenzie always used to throw, uh, he threw like a big camp uh, at Parkway Academy. Oh, I always wanted to do stuff like that. I was like, man, when I get my chance, I'm going to keep it up. Like, regardless if I'm playing or not, like, I'm going to keep trying to things for kids to be able to see NFL athletes coming to the city and you know, just have fun with them and show them that they're important too and that they can make it. Just helping them believe that one day they can get there. And then uh, my last year in Denver is when I started to venture off into the business world. Um, I was thinking like, okay, cool. This my, We had just won a Super Bowl. This is my fourth year. Going into my fourth year. Uh, if, I were, if something were to happen, uh, what would I have to uh, lean back on if I was not to play football no more? So I opened up Webster Express Trucking Company uh, with one of my boys that I went to high school with. Well, we had it for about three years. Uh, we, we just recently sold it this year. Um, it was a pretty good business for us. Uh, just didn't really have enough time to to really focus on it because of the game. It demands so much for you. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I was in 
after Denver, I went to LA, and uh, you know, I was playing with the Rams. I had a chef. Uh, we watched the movie together, and you know, we we just I was just like, wow, that's cool. Like my chef cooking the good food, and. I like that. We just need to try to get this out here. Like you know, it's no, it's no real southern food in California besides uh, Roscoe's. Or I don't really know too many other places. So I was just like, let's do something Miami style out in in uh, California. And then you know, the Rams released me, and I still had the food truck. So that was just like a whole nother uh, venture in itself, which was cool for me. We just recently uh, we got an award in LA. As well for having one of the best food trucks, and um, that they showed us appreciation by giving us a plaque. Nice. Um, we had to shut that down because I had moved to uh, Texas uh, when I signed with the Texans. Um, I didn't really last uh, in Texas that long because of uh, the injury that I had. I had to my Achilles in, in LA. And then I kind of was like rushed back onto the field in Texas. So I kind of, you know, hit another road of adversity with the quad. And, you know, while I was on with the quad, I was coming out with the the children's book. It had started from some videos I was doing online. The videos was getting such of a good hit that I was just like, man, we should just turn this into a book. And, you know, just try to get into the Boys and Girls Club. It's like a little motivational uh, book that, you know, just motivate kids to, to see that if they believe in themselves, they can accomplish anything. I never, if you would have told me three years ago that I was going to write a book, I probably wouldn't have been like, nah, that ain't me. But everything I've done is, you know, just to keep uh, padding the stats to everything that I could do if I put my mind to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now we got the uh, the cartoon that's about to be finished. Um, we're actually doing a casting uh, viewing on Tuesday in uh, L.A. And, you know, it's just been dope, man. never really uh, saw myself doing these things until, you know, I hit a little bit of adversity, not being able to play the game. So I have to tap into another other avenues and, you know, just keep expanding. It's funny you say that because it seems like, you know, a lot of people get on that journey of like when the thing that they really kind of just want to pursue doesn't work out the way it was, then something else kind of veers ahead and then they create something that that's beneficial that, you know, you start tapping into all the different things that's kind of, you know, important to you and things like that. And it seems like your, your, uh, will to give back and kind of be in the community and with kids and things like that. That seems like that is very important to you and things like that. Yeah. It's important to me. Uh, you know, I love my city and, you know, if nobody didn't like, I don't you know. People didn't do this for us growing up. So I didn't want to get, in a position to be able to do things for others and not do it, you know what I'm saying? So every chance I get, I try to do something that's different or I try to, you know, spark the next mind to make it, to make the community better. Like I just recently did a dental event for the kids uh, before uh, training camp started. I had some kids come out and uh, get free cleanings and, you know, if they had anything wrong with it, me and the doctor went half on the bill to, to uh, help them out and it's just fun seeing the smile on kid faces you know and they get to see other NFL players that actually care about them 
Awesome, awesome. Um, so one of my last questions here for you. Um, for the kid that's sitting out there in the youth leagues right now or a player that's in the NFL right now, um, what's what's one piece of advice you would just give them right now? Like whatever it may be, what what would you wish somebody would have told you when you were at that stage in your career or life? One thing I wish somebody would have told me, uh, well, I would just say uh, anything that you put your mind to, you got to put your grind to. And if you stay focused, you can accomplish everything. You just have to, you know, keep God first, uh, pray, and uh, stay positive throughout any adversity you may face because life ain't easy. But if you if you stay consistent and persistent, you know, everything will work out. Dope, man. I appreciate it, man. Definitely uh, appreciate you coming on, giving us these uh, nuggets, this uh, conversation. Um, where can the people find out about your book, what you got going on, and how they can support you? Uh, they can go to k-webb.com to find the book. Got some merchandise on there, too. Some cool shirts that say grind hard, stay focused. And uh, the cartoon will be out shortly. You can go on my Instagram to watch the uh, preview of the cartoon at Kayvon, K-A-Y-V-O-N. Nice. Awesome, brother. Well, we appreciate you coming on to the episode. And that's I appreciate what... you for having me, man. I appreciate it. All right. And that's the hype. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, and comment. Follow us on all platforms at What's the Hype Podcast. I've been grinding all my life, look, all my life. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.